Welcome to the Steadfast Podcast. I'm Jesse Evans, psychotherapist and owner of Steadfast Christian Counseling in Charleston. I'm inviting you on a journey to discover the art of self-kindness and its ripple effect on community service. Join me and my talented array of guests as we uncover the path to internal resilience, compassion, acceptance, and steadfastness. Come and do the work with us. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. My guest on the podcast today is Tiffany Holgate. Tiff is a licensed professional counselor with a clinical focus in trauma. Um, She is on the team with Steadfast, and I am so thankful for that. She's an amazing trauma therapist who uses really an integrative and comprehensive approach of a lot of different modalities. Um, She is trained in internal family systems and cognitive behavioral therapy and EMDR and brain spotting and mindfulness. And she walks closely with folks who are dealing with anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, and complex trauma and adjustment disorders. She is highly skilled. And I'm so excited that she's not only going to share her mind with us today, but she sits down and really gives us a part of herself. And it's such a gift. She has a heart for people who are hurting. She is an advocate. She's a warrior for people. And she has such a gift of sitting and being with people and helping people find healing and freedom while allowing the person to stay in control and maintain their own individuality. She's not a pusher. She's a guide. She's a comrade on the journey and she is an amazing therapist. And that comes through today and what you hear. So I've just kind of, since we recorded the episode, I have just been kind of reflecting back and just been hit over and over with just different parts of what she says about her own journey and her own growth in the pain that she's gone through that really has led her to a place of knowing that she's made to walk with people. So I know you guys are going to be encouraged by hearing what she has to say, and I'm so thankful for her. It means a lot to me that you'd sit with me and um, have this conversation, and you know, it's vulnerable. So it's a gift you're giving us. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. You're welcome. You know, I told you yesterday, you know, when you asked me about this a few weeks ago, my brain already started going, okay, where are we, how are we going to put all these years and experiences into, you know, 10 minutes, but we did. Um, I did. So um, around six years ago, Uh, the world was quite a different place. And it's weird to say that. Um, But at the end of, I guess it was 2018, um, the Lord gave a calling to me and my husband to stand up 
and be a voice and be an advocate for a teenage girl that was that we were involved with in the church and in, in the school that we were a part of. And we did. Um, so my husband and I really like to help people and, but we didn't, we didn't know what we were getting into, mm-hmm. but um, we felt very unprepared, but because the, I just, we just knew that, you know, we just knew this was what we were supposed to be doing. We just walked and um, it introduced, we were kind of, you know, all of a sudden dropped down into this world that, um, that not everybody um, experiences. And it's a very, um, it's difficult. It's a world where there's um, domestic violence, there's world, it's, you know, there's narcissism, there's um, isolation, betrayal, abuse, um, total lack of regard for people. And, you know, we were all of a sudden put smack dab in the middle of it. And so we had to walk. And Mm. in that process, we had to fight for truth. Um, We had to fight in the court system. We had to fight um, in our church system. We had to fight in our school system. We had to fight in our social system. We had even fight in our home because we were having to test whether what we were hearing was true. Mm. You know, we were just kind of what do you do? Um, and so in the, and then that fight for truth, we were not believed. Mm. And when you're a community that you've been a part of, like you're a church community and, you know, we're all following the same scriptures and the same commands and there's evidence and there's all this truth is trying to be exposed and it's shuffled under the rug. You're shuffled under the rug. You're isolated. Mm. You're kind of told to be quiet you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time fighting on the outside with the court system and knowing all eyes were on mm-hmm. us and knowing that there wasn't support there for us, but we couldn't verbalize what we needed because mm-hmm. we didn't know. All we knew is we had to keep walking. And so it asked, you know, this time was about a year and a half and it ended really traumatically. And then we were left kind of really been broken and broken pieces. So um, through this though, there's a therapist that was involved that was helping and we would talk, I would talk to her and she started noticing that I had my, my conceptualization of what was kind of going on was Mm. such that she said, have you considered counseling? And I'm like, no, of course not. Like, well, yes, but who wants to deal with other people's problems? You know, like not me. But, but here we were dealing with everyone's problems, you know, um, right. including mm-hmm. our own. So, but I've always loved psychology. Um, always loved it. I can mm-hmm. remember reading books on multiple personality disorder and uh, Munchausen as a kid and just being fascinated with why people do what they do. Um, so it's always been there, mm-hmm. but no one's ever really relied on me as a counselor during my life. But that was all, the, how the brain works and why people mm-hmm. do what they do. I could see mm-hmm. that. I can see the patterns. <laughs> so, um, but I didn't want to be a counselor and I don't think I would have been a good one if I'd, you know, gone down that path at that time. But I had a passion to help, a passion to learn. Mm-hmm. I, I truly gain um, joy knowing that I can help someone. And I say that because I know that the, through it's the giftings that the Lord's given me. 
You know, I think coming in, you know, accepting the Lord gives us gifts and he wants us to use them. You know, like he really wants us to use them. And I think he's okay with us um, being happy that it's, that it works. And it's okay to accept, you know, the benefit of helping people and using these Mm. skills. So I say that because I fully know where these Mm. skills come from. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, you know, they had to come through refining through that fire. And I think in images and, you know, that image they have of, what is it, like a sword being put in the fire because it's being refined to be stronger. And they say, you know, it's when it's done, when it's completely strong is when you can see your reflection in it Mm. when it's done. And that's because all the impurities have been burned out in the fire. And that's beautiful at the end. You go, oh, I, I can see my true self now. Yet it did not feel good in that fire. That was a hot fire, you know, but it was part of that process. So in this, we had our own trauma firsthand, vicarious. We had, um, you know, betrayal, rejection, isolation. And of course, all this ended right when the lockdowns happened. So which which for us was a blessing because I remember waking up and going, how in the world can I drive my car today? Like, I am such a wreck. Like, we've just been through 18. It's like, eight. you know, you put, you know, a, this world that's so unfamiliar and put squeeze it into 15 months. You know, it's like a crash course in trauma. Um, so how that came to be a therapist was one, um, the therapist that recommended I look into it. And I did. I started school uh, the summer of 2020 um, uh, at Charleston Southern to get my LPC. And I loved it. It I loved going back to school. Um, So, but what came out of that ultimately was, um, I turns out I'm, I have a a huge advocate for justice warrior side of me. And it's been in there the whole time, but it's not been, mm. you know, when we, you know, in the church, when they talk, when we do those giftings, mm. I have administrative giftings. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> you can guess where all my, <laughs> you can guess where all my jobs were, right? <laughs> administrative. And I'm like, mm. Hey, I've got this good one over here called discernment. Mm. That's really good too. You know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as, you know, looking back, it wasn't accepted. It wasn't yeah. necessarily denied, but I can always remember feeling in conversations, my input was always kind of side-eyed because it mm. wasn't always the input of everyone around me. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, well, that's kind of what discernment is. And so through this process, mm. you know, the hardest times at the same time, I just knew that there was some strength, there was some skill yeah. in me that was like 40 years of my life were built up for this time mm. to pour into this. Cause I would, you know, in the heat of the, of some moment, I would say something or do something in response to a trauma. And then later we would do research on it and it would corroborate what I had done. Mm. And so, you know, we were getting little confirmations that we were doing the right thing. Um, But when you don't have a community around you during a trauma, it makes it, I don't know, like 10 times worse. It really, because there's no relief. Yeah. And to be in that moment, um, 
I mean, I can imagine just, I use this phrase lava lamp a lot just to like, cause I think it really encapsulates like what internally is going on, you know, fear, hope, like despair, maybe like just, it's a lava lamp of probably a million different things. And I'm wondering now, like now that you have your training and now that you are with other people in treatment, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like how much do you look back on that season of your life and your, that past iteration of yourself who maybe didn't have all the language around what was going on and how often do you see like, man, there was a lot going, you identify things that were going on for yourself then that maybe you didn't even realize at the time you were just kind of in go mode. So I did get to see and experience and feel, um, I do believe a heart of the Lord, a side of the Lord that not everyone gets to experience. Um, and, you know, towards the end of this time, you know, it was like, it really, it was a whirlwind of these emotions and situations. And so we needed that COVID lockdown mm. to heal and process. Mm. I mean, there are days that I would cry all day. Mm. There are days I would be angry all day. You know, I would need to just say things. I would want to like hit something. I'd want to just sleep. But because of COVID, I, we actually could do that mm. because we were stuck at home. Yeah. So in some COVID, that lockdown was a bit of a blessing Yeah. Um, for us. But then when we started school, you know, counseling school, yeah. all of our assignments are self-reflection. Yeah. So we're kind of, we're paying for learning, but we're also paying for our own therapy. Right? That's right. So I got to process a lot and I would be interested in, you know, looking back on those papers or emailing those professors and saying, what did you guys think as I was writing? Because I would just use it as my, like, I was a hundred percent vulnerable on those self-reflections and, and applying things to life. But that was part of my healing process. And what did that healing process feel like for you? What did it feel like as you were going through your program and you were able to kind of get some of these things out in in productive and reflective ways? How how did you notice you were healing? Um, That's a really good question. How did I notice I was healing? One was, um, you know, when you go through hard stuff, when you go through traumas, it's, you know, I caught you, you called it, um, the lava lamp, I've used the word emotional purgatory. Mm. You're stuck in this in-between of you haven't quite got clarity and you're stuck with what's happened. So you're in this, you know, there's so many thoughts coming through, you can't make sense of them. Mm. And so um, putting a language to it, you know, really asking myself questions, allowing myself to say what I needed to say Mm, without worrying about how it sounded to the other person. Yes. You know, I mean, as you know, I grew up in the church, right. And how many Mm. of us say, Oh, I got angry. I'm not allowed to get angry. Right. Really? You know, (laughs) right. Right. I mean, we were just so quick to say, you know, dismiss our emotions and our feelings and you're going to go, okay, let's think, you know, I always say, okay, you know, it's not what would Jesus do, but did Jesus show emotion guys? Yeah, I think so. He was so stressed about what was coming on that cross. He was sweating blood. You know what it takes? Do you know how stressed you have to feel to sweat blood? Hmm. Like that wasn't easy for him. Mm -hmm. You know, we just dismiss that as, you know, know, and we, we do, we, we dismiss it. 
And that healing part is allowing yourself to say things that maybe your theology would say that's not right. Right. Yeah. There's that, that's that acceptance piece. The Mm -hmm. is so powerful. You know, that's when we allow ourselves to not protect ourselves with all of these things, but we accept these emotions that we've suppressed these, we allow them to say what they need to say to get the air that they need to get. That's so powerful. Exactly. And also through this, I've always been kind of a direct person. Um, I've never liked confrontation. I've always, you know, kind of gone with, oh, okay, I'm wrong. Mm. Like, I'll take that, you know, I'm sorry. But through this, and there's a good side to that, but it was also, it was also not me. Cause then I ended up ultimately feeling not understood, yeah, not heard. And when we choose to um, avoid or dismiss things like that, we're not being honest. We're not being truthful. I love hearing that. Um, just the way, and I, you know, it shows your emotional health. Um, but to be able to look at your story and see, um, these are the places that like, I see the Lord's hand. These are the places that I see the, the way that he put passions into me. And maybe I stepped in at a time when I felt like, what the heck have I gotten myself into? And I have no idea what to do. But you knew that there was something like rumbling under the surface that you could, you wouldn't be able to ignore. You wouldn't be able to sleep at night if you would have just said, oh, that we'll just leave that. Like somebody else can take care of that. Like, and not only were you able to come in and stand in this place for these people who needed an advocate, um, But also, like, the Lord has used this in your life as a catalyst now to, now you're going to do this for so many more families, you know? And the work that you do in your office every day, you're sitting with people in the middle of their minefield. And you've voluntarily chosen to be in there with them. Um, I just think that's awesome. During that, toward, when, at the end of that time, when you know, we were isolated, we were broken, we were alone, it, I, had, I still had the image of, <laughs> it's from you know, the movie Ragnarok with Thor, and he's dumped in the middle of that trash planet. I mean, he's got those trash piles as far <laughs> as you can see, and he's just there, you know, in like this little clean circle. And it was me and the Lord right there, and we're going, all right. I don't know, Lord, but this is, you're right here with me. So we're just gonna, you know, Mm. and then, but my sessions with, with clients is, you know, because of that, because I, when you go through that kind of trauma, at least for me, Mm. and you come out on the other side and your judgment for other people like disappears, but, but the bad judgment disappears. It becomes, it becomes a truth speaking thing, you know, which is not, it's, Mm. it's the need to speak. The truth comes out versus I need to judge you for what you've done. 
and uh, yeah. where I was before, there was a lot of judgment. It's what we do because when we are trying to live a certain way, we naturally, you know, put those rules on other people. You know, this is how we supposed mm. to, are supposed to do this, and, and it protects us. But and it's and it's not right because we really are not called to judge others. That's really not the message no. of the gospel. <laughs> you know, no. and so through that you know, it's helped me as a therapist because the things that come out, I'm a trauma therapist. So things that people share with me socially would bring so much judgment and rejection that I think they've learned not to talk about it. And yet they're holding on to that that whole time. But because of this experience, I've learned to sit Mm. with them in that. And that's not wallowing. You know, a lot of times as therapists, Mm -hmm. we have to convince our clients we need to look at yourself. Well, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to wallow in it. Well, you are anyways, right? You are anyways, <laughs> because you can't shake it, right? So let's just, let's get to the root. Let's figure out how are you really feeling? Because God gave you those feelings for a reason. It's not wrong to have those feelings. And the reframe of, the reframe of, guys, it's not wallowing. It's that's actually emotional maturity is to be able to stay with those emotions, kind of open up that window of tolerance and stay there and realize you're strong enough to feel the things that you need to feel about this. That's right. And if we go back to Jesus in the garden sweating, how long was he up there? I, I bet hours. Yeah. I mean, imagine hours sitting in that state. I mean, he, you, but you know, and you're, well, how did Jesus do that? Well, he knew how to, um, he had a relationship with God. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, when there was a lot of times I do have Christians that come in and we have to go back when there's a lot of focus on the do's and don'ts and coulda, woulda, shouldas. And I say, what is the one, what I believe, what is the one thing God wants from us? Oh, obedience. He wants this. And I say, I believe it's um, relationship. And you're talking about attachment. You're talking about safety. Yeah, you're talking about attachment and safety. And, you know, I um, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and uh, a lot of different things. And I was listening to this um, person the other day, and um, it reminded me, it's not really that important what they said, but it reminded me of just asking God every day, like, what do you want me to know today? This is a simple question. And so I've just started that practice and then just trying to listen for a second. And listen, I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. hearing from God or if it's my own, like, I don't know. We'll tease that out another time. <laughs> but I know that <laughs> I know that when I'm asking these questions, more often than not, mm-hmm. quickly I get, I'm here. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to know today? I'm here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And really, if we can accept the fact that like, I'll never leave you or forsake you is true. Like I am, I'm here with you. I think for me, you know, that allows me to sit with my emotions a little bit more to feel safe enough to be present with myself. I mean, if, Mm -hmm. if God is telling me, listen, I'm, I'm cool being, I'm cool with you. I'm cool. Like being present with you. Um, that releases me to 
um, feel the freedom to be more present with myself. Yeah. Um, I think like trauma and, you know, I will make the argument that everyone, like, I think every, I think my own therapy I've been through, I think my own journey, I think every client I've ever worked with, I think every human on this planet, I think when we get down to what's actually sitting at the, in the driver's seat of reactions, it's, um, these feelings of I'm alone. It sees these beliefs of I'm not safe. Um, that, that are rooted in everything's rooted in some kind of what we call trauma now. And I believe everyone has trauma because what I know about trauma is that it's in the body. And even though there's people that have had, there's different paths to healing. Um, you know, some people have a better support system at the time that helps them, you know, there's layers of trauma, but we know now that everything is stored in the body and Mm -hmm. that is hard to get at just by a thought, Yeah, you know, just by thinking. And there are times when the, when the Lord does come in and go, swoop, I got it. But the Lord has created, I do believe us for community. And Mm -hmm. when, as a therapist, when people can come in and we have that attunement, and they are sharing secrets that they've never shared with anybody. That is a level of healing that it's almost essential because they're building back that a healthy attachment of yep. it is, you know, me saying these words is okay because this is a secret yeah. I've had to hold on to because no one around me has no, I've not felt safe to share it. And, right. you know, personally, my faith became my own at the end of this time period. And you can imagine mm-hmm. how confusing that was for me, knowing that we were given this call by the Lord and my faith became my own. And yet our church community rejected us. Mm-hmm. And you're going, how is this supposed to work? You know, that was a very confusing mm-hmm. time. Yet my true self came out in a way mm-hmm. that, I mean, it's like, I just know it. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even put words to my true self at this moment, but I know that right now the Lord has called me to this. Mm. I don't know if it'll be the same way in a year, but right now it is. And those moments when I start to doubt, Mm. the Lord will remind me, no, I've called you to, you know, be here and sit with these clients and speak truth. He also has taught me to sit and be quiet, be there with someone and not say things. How many times have we said things to someone and spur the moment, maybe about grief, because we don't know what to say. So we just say something and we wish we could take it back as opposed to just, yeah. we just, yeah, we're there. We yeah. just sit with them in that. And that is a, you know, that's, that's a precious time, you know, sometimes more precious than words. The phrase holding space, you know, like allowing someone to know, like, mm-hmm. Again, like the peace isn't going to come from the answer. The peace isn't coming from my response to you right now. You don't need an answer. You just need another human to be here and let you know it's safe to feel whatever you're feeling. It's okay. As you're saying that, you know, we use the word in the therapist, we stay curious. Yeah. Of 
what, you know, we don't worry about controlling the session. Mm -hmm. We stay curious with the client to what is going on because it's not our job to interpret or to control the session Mm -hmm. because, you know, as we talk about trauma, um, one thing I always say is part part of trauma is choices were taken from you. Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't want to be a victim, but you were victimized. Yeah. So choices were taken from you. And in this session, you have all the choices. We're here pr- helping you with some tools, but you have the choice. Yeah, you you're know, in control. You don't talk about it if you're not ready to talk about it. You know, you're in control here in this session. And sometimes they look at me and they go, wow, okay. And they don't even really know what that means sometimes because, you know, they've got you people, you, you adjust to your trauma. You know, yeah. you learn how to survive and to cope. Yeah. And we help them unpack that. Um, Well, Tiff, I mean, thank you. You've been open and vulnerable. You've given us a huge gift today. Um, I just really appreciate you sharing um, part of yourself in this way. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for asking me to share. There's always that extra level of um, healing that comes with sharing your story. Mm. Um, we're all at different parts of that story. Um, you know, some of us are in the you know, middle of it. Some of us are far removed from it, but you know, it's, you know, this is, I think how we're supposed to live. God's called, we're supposed to be, you know, not afraid of what's on the inside of us, but it, you know, see who we are and share it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank There's you. There's that fear thing again. <laughs> so thank you that's such a big statement we're not supposed to be afraid of what's on the inside of us we're supposed to look at it ourselves be curious about it and share it with other people mm-hmm. all right thank you sister appreciate it you're welcome you're welcome hey everyone Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. We're really honored by that. And we hope that this podcast was an encouragement to you. Please like and share it with your friends. Give us a review. That really helps other people find us. And also, we just want to say that even though we are therapists, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please do not make this podcast a substitute for therapy. That is not its intent. We do say, if you are looking for a therapist, we can help you. If you're within the state of South Carolina, give us a call. You can find us online at steadfastchristiancounseling.com, and you can get connected with one of our therapists there. And if you're outside of South Carolina and you would like for us to help you get connected with a therapist, it would be our honor. We believe wholeheartedly that therapy is an important part of human growth and development an important part of human maturity, not just something to reach for in time of crisis. The music for this podcast was produced by DJ Whitehot, and the beat was provided by freebeats.io. Check them out if you're looking for some great music. Have a great day, y'all.